I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and today we will be going through season two, episode number three, called It's Not my job. Ooh. Yep, that is right. So at the end of the last episode, I kind of talked about this a little bit and how from the beginning of maybe halfway through season one, we kind of see this this thing going on with Jesse. You know, he's been from the beginning of season one, maybe to like a little over half of season one. He's been kind of like this party guy, you know, he's, he, he just is a mess, you know, he's got so much that he's wanting to do, and he does it, and things start to kind of happen to him that make him kind of change his mind about his life, and, and I think it really took a big, big turn in the last episode, Tanner versus Gibbler, like I had said that that episode was just a groundbreaking episode. I mean, you have so much going on and so many little surprises that were surprises to me in that episode that changed the course of the series as as we know it. So this one, again, has a lot of that as well. And we're going to see how Jesse kind of starts to take matters into his own hands um, as far as this goes. He's going to be, you know, this is kind of a big step episode for Jesse. So let's kind of get into a little description, and then I'm going to go into a little bit of Jesse's background that we know of him so far. So the description for, uh, well, let's go over the air date first in the, in the wonderful cast and crew here. We have uh, this one aired on October the 28th of 1988, and it was directed by Joel Zwick and produced by Lenny Rips, our two favorites, um, and of course, Jeff Franklin. And so this is the description for it. So Uncle Jesse's feelings of a lost life come back again, only reminding him that some changes need to be made for him to follow his dreams. So let's get into talking about how we actually know what we know about Jesse's job, first and foremost, and his job as an exterminator, like his debut, if you will, that we found out that he was an exterminator came all the way back in season one, episode three, the first day of school, 
when he enters Stephanie's classroom to kill any varmints or pests in her classroom, if you remember that, and ends up killing a spider for the teacher in the supply closet. Um, so he's there in his uniform that we see first. So we have heard mentions of his job also throughout seasons one and two, and he's also mentioned that he works for his dad, yet we have yet to see his actual dad. We've seen his mother from um, episode four, The Return of Grandma. Um, she was in that episode that we've seen so far, but the, like we'll discuss further um, later on in our guest star appearance segment at the end, but we have seen Irene, and um, she's actually going to be played by a different actress here as we discussed in uh, the Return of Grandma episode as well. The actress uh, in this one um, will remain to play Irene for the duration of the series, which is great because I feel like she really personifies the role really well and has a special connection to John Stamos as well. You can, you can tell they have their degrees of chemistry together starting here in uh, this very episode. So we have also seen throughout season one how Jesse wants to make some changes in his life, i.e. seven-month itch parts one and two in season one, all about him pretty much running away from his household responsibilities to hold on to this youthful partying self. Here again in this one. Okay, we will have the same type of feelings and we will have to make some really big changes in order to really chase after his dream, like I've said. So we have seen him struggle through this um, pretty much the entire duration so far. And even to the point of embarrassment, if you remember when he was concerned about the family knowing about his small role as an Elvis impersonator back in season one, episode 21, Mad Money, you can really see his confidence boost too after this, knowing the family was really proud of him and didn't make fun of him. I mean, except for Joey, but um, they didn't degrade him for doing this job and trying to like pursue himself, trying to pursue and save money for himself to be able to record a demo. So that's a really big step for him. And they've been pretty supportive of his dream to pursue music, but Jesse still seems like the one here to really take this leap of faith into the career that he's been dreaming about since he was like, what, what did I say, four or something, or when he traded his bike for a guitar. So that's a story from season one, episode 16. But seriously, folks, you know, you, you look at these different scenarios that we've seen so far, and they're hidden kind of in, in episodes here and there. They're kind of sprinkled through. So that was one example from episode 16. But seriously, folks, so there, there it is there. So you can really tell where Jesse's heart lies now. Like I've said before, I feel like Jesse is a musician first and exterminator second. And that you can see where his passions lie and you believe in him as the viewer, and you want him to achieve his goals just as much as himself and the rest of the family does as well. Maybe not so much Joey, because Joey's like 
that, I don't know, not a wrench in the gears, but, you know, he's going to give him a hard time no matter what he tries to do. He's Joey. This is his job. Okay, now we're going to get into the episode. So I just want to, I just want to cover something really quickly, actually. So like I've mentioned, the air date of this was October the 28th. So a few days before Halloween this year, and we do have a cold open. Again, we've talked about these cute little cold opens. Sometimes they have to do with the episode. Sometimes they don't. So we have a cute cold open in this episode, and it's Halloween. And I'm so excited because it's our first Halloween sequence that I'm pretty sure of. It's our first Halloween sequence. And Stephanie is dressed like the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. She's so adorable. Not only is Alice in Wonderland my favorite Disney movie, call me a weirdo, I don't care. And Stephanie is my favorite character, so I'm like... The, the fact that they're merging here really is, like, amazing for me. It's like she's dressed as one of the characters from one of my favorite Disney films. And it's just, like, oh, mwah, beautiful. Love this. Also, I love the fact that we have a Halloween episode slash cold open only a few days before Halloween was actually supposed to take place. So this was, like, the first, you know, Halloween sequence um, in the show. So take a look here. We're going to look into the sequence here at the, there's all this uh, cute Halloween fall decor they've put up all around the house. All sorts of cute little Halloween decorations, which I love. Fall is my favorite season too. So I love these uh, decorations and things. And Stephanie's going to a Halloween party. So DJ enters from that uh, little back entrance there from the from like the living room it's like on the right side there she comes back there and she's dressed like fabulously like Cleopatra I mean this costume is gorgeous like where did one get that I know she didn't buy that from her local spirit Halloween that's for sure this thing is intricate the headdress the gorgeous detailing Oh my word. Like, I want a name of the person who made this. I want to find who did this costume. I hope Candace still has this costume. I hope somebody still has it and it didn't get thrown out. Because it is just absolutely phenomenal. Hopefully it's in like the full house vault with Jesse's disco ball pants. Oh, they should just protect these things forever. I love it. Love it. Anyway, and I'm just wondering why they don't make costumes like this anymore. It's a shame, truly. Okay, so DJ says the only reason she's Cleopatra is because her dad wouldn't let her be Elvira. So, (laughs) Elvira was a movie that came out this very year in 1988 called Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, which... Actually, like I said, it came out the same year, but it actually came out only a month before this episode actually aired, which I thought was really cool, and I liked the consistency here in the pop culture, um, how they take what's going on in pop culture and integrate it into the episode. I think that's nice. The consistency is very good. Then we see the guys, you know, 
pop their heads out from the kitchen and they are dressed so appropriately like the Three Stooges. So if you happen to not be familiar with the Three Stooges, they were an American vaudeville and comedy team active from 1922 to 1970. They're best known for their short films. And a fun fact about them, over time, there was actually six different Stooges. So it's actually the six Stooges, but, you know, eventually the ones who remained were Mo, Larry, and Curly, whom Danny, Joey, and Jesse are portraying here. So they, of course, look absolutely ridiculous. They've got these fake, like, wig cap wig wigs on. They look, they look awful, but it just adds to the comedy of the scene. So they want to have fun with the girls on Halloween, which I love, too. They just want to get into it with them. They all want to have fun, go to this party, and oh, it's so cute. Then Michelle enters, cute as a stinking button, Ooh. dressed as a jack-o'-lantern, like a little pumpkin, like she's a literal pumpkin. And DJ says that they're all dead meat, meaning she will beat them all at the, at the costume contest at this party that they're going to. So right after she says this, here we have the theme song, and which this is going to blow your mind. It blew my mind, so I have to share it with you. And then so the theme song starts. And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but the, the, the theme song is different. Oh, I mean the sequences of the, of the theme song, not the song itself. But the sequences in start of season two is different than season one. And I went back and I looked at it and Jesse, Jesse's portion in his theme song in episode one of season two, cutting it close, he has a mullet in his little theme song picture where they say John Stamos blah, blah blah oh my word so in episode number two which we the which was the one we just did Tanner versus Gibbler John Stamos's little sequence in the theme song his hair is cut his hair is changed and it's a different showing of him with his new haircut like, his hair was cut in episode one, cutting it close. And then his whole thing changed next episode, episode two, Tanner versus Gibbler. So this is almost like a literal character switch change, massive change. His whole thing just changed. It's been the same thing the entire season one. Right then, the first episode with him and his new haircut is episode two of season two, Tanner versus Gibbler. I was blown away when I saw this. I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I went back to the menu bar, selected cutting it close, and I watched. Then I changed it, and I watched again. And I was just, my mind was blown. I had to share that with my mom right away. Mm-hmm. So cool. So cool. Okay, so back to the episode here. Now we see Jesse and Joey are out of their costumes. So I'm assuming that it's the next day after this Halloween party. And 
all the decorations are gone and there's nothing Halloween related whatsoever now in this house. There's all, all of them are gone. Like you would have never been able to tell that it was Halloween if you hadn't watched the cold open sequence. So I'm sad, but this Halloween cold open had nothing to do with the rest of the episode. And apparently Halloween is long gone because all the decorations are put away. Mm -mm. We'll get there, though. <laughs> Jesse is trying to rehearse with his doo-wop group, which we've actually seen before, perform all the way back in season one, episode, was it 17, Pox in Our House? 15, Pox in Our House. So that one, um, also my favorite episode of Full House. So Joey interrupts them to say, have you ever written an advertising jingle before? I'm assuming here, though, that Jesse has been given this some kind of an opportunity because of his musical past and has a lot of experience in writing songs and performing. And, of course, you know, Joey wants to give his input as usual. He suggests that they need him and he whips out his harmonica and plays a little bit. Then the group starts again, then is interrupted again by Danny walking in with the girls who both have just come back from the dentist. Yeah, so this kind of is our second storyline here. In this episode, we have a story that contains DJ and Stephanie, and then a whole other storyline that involves just Jesse. So DJ claims that she has no cavities, but Stephanie does. And honestly, I completely forgot that this was even part of the episode. And this is amazing because I have so much to talk about concerning this topic. So I'm really excited. Yay. She is, of course, disappointed that she'll have to get a filling. But Joey encourages her. Jesse sits Stephanie and DJ down and have them pretend to be important advertising executives. He is playing along and introduces himself Another super important change, character change. At four minutes, six seconds, he introduces himself as Jesse Katsopoulos. Can I get a, can I get a witness, people? Can I get a witness? I'm screaming. Mm. We have talked about this all the way back in season one and how it could change at one point in time. And this is it. So Jesse's name has been Jesse Cochran for the entire duration of season one up until this episode. So again, another Jesse change in character. This one is his actual name. His last name changes from Cochran to Ketsopolis. Even in the last episode, he introduced himself to Becky as Jesse Cochran. Can you believe that? So she, he now has to reintroduce himself to her as Jesse Katsopoulos. And, of course, if you're a huge Full House fan, you'll know why this is. Because John Stamos is a, is a Greek person, like a real Greek person, and or has Greek heritage in his real life. So I know that he wanted to um, write that into his character, of course, we talked about this in The Miracle of Thanksgiving, 
where my mom was a special guest with me, and we had talked about how he has this giant Greek heritage and wanted to incorporate it into the show. And, you know, Cochrane doesn't sound very Greek at all. So I think that John Stamos, you know, was like, it's still early enough, we could change it now, and nobody would really notice or care. So this, I think, is a great time to do it instead of waiting to like season four or five or, you know, whatever and be like, hey, can we change my character's name? You know, that just would not happen. So I'm glad John Stamos does have some kind of a say in his character and how his character is. And the fact that he tried to use his real life experience and, you know, his actual genetic code for this character amazes me. Like, he had some kind of power over this. And I love that. I love that. You can tell that he super cares about this character of Jesse. And he wanted him, he wanted him to, uh, you know, be incorporated with his real life, which is awesome. Anyways, let's get back into it. Jesse continues to play along for practice with Stephanie and DJ. Jesse then gives the reason why he is writing this new jingle... He mentions that the secretary for this company saw Jesse's band play and thought the tunes were kind of catchy. And through the grapevine, somehow, we found out they needed a new jingle written for their new water park called Splash City. <laughs> okay, I love this. I love this so much. So then they perform one of the best songs I, in my opinion, Jesse's ever written. Okay. And of course, here comes Joey. He's got to interrupt again with his harmonica, but it actually goes well. I mean, the harmonica goes really well in the song, but of course, Joey's not really part of it, so they're not going to like use it. So they all finish the song and they all clap, including myself, because I just sit there and I'm like, yes. And then I rewind it and watch it again. And I just love this because it's like a, it's like the door of the future of Jesse. And I just, this is, this is one of those sequences that you can't help but love this jingle. It is so amazingly written, done by a doo-wop acapella group for two and if you notice also these guys that are in the doo-wop group are the same guys from Jesse's band as well. And these guys stick around for a really, really long time. And I love that consistency with that. That's just, oh, I love it. I love it. And right now, I think it's a great time to take a really short break, but I'll be right back. We'll go over the rest of this episode I'll be right back right after this. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Okay, now we have a small scene change here and we are in the girls' room and we see Kimmy again. Yes, we love to see Kimmy here. And she is sitting there with DJ at their little table and she's copying DJ's homework as usual. We have her. So it's nice to see this uh, friendship really, you know, rekindled now from the last episode, you know, where they had this big fight and da da da. And, you know, we can tell that some time has passed since uh, 
since the previous scenes that we've talked about here. So DJ mentions that it's been three days since her dentist appointment, but Stephanie is trying to brush away her cavity. And since, you know, Kimmy's there, of course we're going to hear something overly dramatic and torturous come out of Kimmy's mouth. So Kimmy says, you can't brush it away. You can't wish it away. You have to drill it away. And then makes a horrifying sound of a tooth drill to Stephanie, which freaks her out even more and makes her brush her teeth more aggressively and more uh, just she's just sitting there in utter terror. And uh, she's she's using, I think, like two toothbrushes at once. She's just both sides at the same time. She's just she wants this cavity gone here. So Kimmy then mentions a girl um, here, and her name is Kathy Santoni, who we've heard about before, but we have actually never seen Kathy Santoni, but stay tuned, we'll eventually see her visibly on the screen in season three. So we mentioned, she mentions Kathy had her mouth wired shut and had to eat through a hole in her throat. So I don't know how it can be get you know, get more dramatic than that to scare the tar out of, out of Stephanie, the little Stephanie sitting there. So then Danny enters the room and he's like, guess who's here? So we hear a little, you know, knock on the door and it's, we hear a voice, everybody, and it's Grandpa Consopolis. Open up. So, uh, this is so exciting. Yay. So this will be the first time Jesse's dad is coming to visit. And also he does introduce himself as well as Katsopolis. So that's cool. The consistency there. I love that. Everyone has now changed from Cochran to Katsopolis, even the parents, not just Jesse. So this will be, you know, the first time Jesse's dad is coming to visit and we'll see him here for the very first time as well. So at six minutes, 20 seconds, Danny opens the door to reveal him. So the first thing I noticed about him, as you probably did as well, is that is what he's wearing. So it's an exterminator uniform, just like the one that we've seen on Jesse multiple times now. And we do know that Jesse works for his dad part time. So now here it is proven that he does run an exterminator business and he must have just gotten off work if he's still in his uniform, I'm assuming. So uh, a grandma also enters the room and it's Irene, but here it's played by a different actress like I talked about in the beginning of the episode. So now we have two different people that are essentially brand new to us. I mean, we've been introduced to Irene before, but again, different actress. I'm going to just say that, you know, this actress, I really love her. So they stand around in the room here for a little bit as Irene and Danny leave the room. Grandpa, which we only know him as Grandpa Katsopolis at this point, um, he gives DJ and Stephanie both $5 and says, don't tell Grandma. So that's, that's going to be coming back too. So we have another scene change here with Irene in the kitchen with Michelle, and she's testing Joey's cooking, which of course we've talked about many times before and how horrible it is and why Joey's in the kitchen again when, when he's known to cook horrible meals. And so then grandpa comes down holding Michelle as Joey and Danny then leave. 
He then puts Michelle on her bouncy horse, you know, the one we've talked about before. He And I think it was in the last episode we talked about it. So uh, those were so much fun. I'm so glad Michelle still has it. Consistency, very good. He, uh, Grandpa also says the catchphrase, have mercy here in this scene as well. So who gets it from who? Does Jesse get it from him? Does he get it from Jesse? Well, I don't know. But I like that they both say the same catchphrase for a moment here. And he kisses Grandma. So DJ and Stephanie enter the room and say, you know, Jesse is home with big news. So I wonder what that could be. <laughs> so since we know he went to go give his jingle presentation for the Splash City, um, Grandma, Grandma now here, gives the girls both $5 and says, don't tell Grandpa. So those are like very grandparent things to do. Like they're like, you know, slipping a money under the table, you know, just don't say nothing, just keep it, you know. So Grandpa goes to meet Jesse at the door and says to him that he left, left, let him leave work early that day to go do this presentation, but he'll need him really early in the morning for a job. You know, he's kind of totally disregarding this importance that Jesse's been surrounding this presentation about for the past day or so, and he doesn't really seem to care about how it went, if he sold it, what it, what it was about, you know. He just cares about this job that's um, going to be coming in the next morning that's huge and has to do with cockroaches. You know, I, I just, you know, he's just not really concerned here about it, about Jesse's wishes. So Jesse just wants to share this big news with his dad. So obviously Jesse couldn't care less about the bug business here. The rest of the family kind of enters from the kitchen here and uh, Jesse reveals that they bought the jingle. So right when Jesse says they bought the jingle, you can look at the family and they're like celebrating with Jesse and happy and hugging him and all of this. You look to the left of the screen there, you see Jesse's dad's face here. He's the most disappointing face you could possibly have and even shakes his head in disappointment. He's even like, oh yeah, that's great. So let's get back to the real world. Cockroaches. Like, I, he's just doesn't really care. And Jesse's not enthused by this comment either. He's like taking it personally. And of course, who would, you know, who wouldn't? That's so rude. He just, you know, Jesse just wanted his dad to be proud of him for once about something that he really cares about. You know, that's not much to ask of your dad you know, who's there at this moment in time, you know, so this, we have a small scene change again here where we see Irene going into Jesse's room and Jesse had uh, called her up there um, here. So it's probably where we will see kind of a, a half a heart talk going on since this is just the two of them right now. And we are literally halfway through the episode and so Jesse wants to talk to her about his life and music and how he's been working as an exterminator until his band made it. But by selling this jingle, it made him realize like he could make money playing music right now and how he doesn't want to work with his dad anymore. Like this is actually kind of huge, you know, considering we have had a lot of buildup to this point with all his what I call escapes throughout the series so far, and especially in um, season one's episodes seven month itch parts one and two where he doesn't hold back um 
how he feels at all about this, really. So Irene, his mom, is a little taken aback. And she um, she's, she's really understanding, though, and she just doesn't know how Jesse's dad is going to take this news. You know, Jesse's dad then enters the room, and Jesse knows that this is the time, you know, to tell him what's been going on. So Jesse even mentions here that he's growing up. He's cut his hair. Well, you know, Stephanie cut his hair, but he had to get his hair cut. He's dressing nicer. And even from the beginning of season two, his outfits have become a little bit more sophisticated, not so rock and roll. You know, he's more put together here. So he's doing all of these things. And even I, I kind of thought about it that Jesse's last girlfriend was from season one, uh, you know, um, seven month itch part two. And that was Samantha. So she, you know, is like essentially gone after that episode. And, you know, we never see her again after that. So she probably broke up with him uh, after she was left <laughs> up there in Lake Tahoe. So he continues to talk, about, talk to his dad about making a real commitment to this music career that he wants so bad. And his dad thinks he's talking about his exterminator business, but Jesse's trying to be real serious here. And his dad's trying to, like, avoid it. But I, it seems like they aren't really listening to him. Jesse's dad stands up, and they both kind of face, you know, face each other as a man and says, like, he, he's like, how many records have you sold? How many bugs have you killed? But Jesse still doesn't want to hear it. You know, he wants to be believed in. And the one person he needs that from right now is his dad. And Jesse really, uh, really gets brave here. And, uh, you know, keep this in mind, too, as we keep talking here about bravery. Um, and says, you know, I don't want to do something, you know, just because you want me to do it. He's really going man to man with his dad here in this part. And Jesse is solid in his choice and quits the family exterminating business. And his dad gets really dramatic. Like within a, within like a second, his dad jumps to uh Dr dramatic beyond belief about it and says that if you're out of the family business, you're out of the family. And Jesse's mom, as grandpa is leaving, Jesse's mom says, Nick. So now we know his actual name. It's Nick. So that's another reveal here in this episode. So now we kind of have this awkwardness now between Jesse's dad and Jesse and kind of Jesse's mom, but she's kind of out of the situation at this point. So we are going to jump to another scene change. This, this episode has a lot of scene changes, but they all kind of come together here in a minute. So we have a scene change here, and Danny is in Michelle's nursery reading her a bedtime story. Jesse stands there in the doorway watching. He just wanted to watch a great dad in action. Danny puts Michelle to bed since Jesse needs him more than Michelle does. Danny encourages him to get up and go talk about it. We have another advice talk here, and Danny goes on to say that he knows Nick. But, like, wouldn't Jesse know his dad better than Danny would know him? Like, that's his own child. I just, that was, but I guess, I mean, Danny knows him in a different way, considering Danny did marry Nick's daughter, his only daughter, who is now deceased, but 
you know, it's like a different knowing of a person, I guess. So Jesse doesn't really know what to do now since now his father hates him and he can't just go talk to him. Danny also mentions that Nick is an angry guy. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So I wonder how he would know such a thing if, um, why he knows that Nick is an angry guy. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Hmm. So Jesse mentions here that he's 25 years old and then he's going to do whatever it takes to make himself happy. But in reality, he is miserable. Danny encourages him to reach out to his dad and talk to him about it. So the night kind of continues on here and we're now in the girls' room. Stephanie is sleep talking and had slept walked into DJ's bed. And she had a dream, like a nightmare, about trees being dentists and chasing her through the woods, which is terrifying. Terrifying. Because of what Kimmy told her, she's got nightmares now. So the next morning, so this is kind of like the storyline switch here. We went from Jesse's issue, now we're on to Stephanie's issue. Um, so it's the next morning and we see Stephanie, who's at the dentist. And this is like an off, um, another set location. It's, you know, designed like a dentist's office kind of thing. So Joey takes her, which is the best one to take her since he can make it fun, you know, in some way. And I don't know anyone who enjoys the dentist. I've had eight teeth pulled in my life. So I have had many, many, many experiences with the dentist and it is not enjoyable whatsoever. But Joey is here with her and expresses to her that all she needs is courage. So again, it's like a courage, bravery, broad topic here in this episode. So Stephanie is curious about the word courage. He asks her if she remembers the cowardly lion from the Wizard of Oz. And, you know, I noticed this was a little bit weird uh, because the one time she saw the Wizard of Oz was season one, episode eight, Jessie's Girl. But the cable went out and she was unable to watch it. And jo Joey had to put on that little skit. You remember in, 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 uh, in the living room there in front of the whole family where Jesse's girlfriend slash Jesse, Joey's girlfriend, Corina was there. So, and he had his little Abe Lincoln on a stick. That's her version of the wizard of Oz that we know that she saw. She didn't actually see the whole movie. But anyway, back to this. At 18 minutes, 31 seconds, Joey goes on with another one of his wisdom-giving, beautifully said advice from the heart and says, the cowardly lion thought he needed the wizard to give him courage, but he really had it all along, and so do you. And how everyone keeps their courage in a different place and shows her that he keeps his courage on his earlobes. She asks where hers could be and Joey being an impromptu all the time and making up comedic gold, this is just, this is, the, this is the reason why Joey's the perfect candidate to go with her to the dentist. So he pulls out an instrument from the dentist tray. Mind you, the dentist has like left the room because Joey kind of looks at him and says like, I got this. You know, the dentist leaves. Joey takes the instrument from the dentist tray and claims it to be a courage detector. Stephanie even says, that's a spit sucker. 
And Joey's like, oh, it does that too. So it's a dual purpose. Courage detector slash spit sucker only available at your local dentist. You know, like that's, it's just hilarious, this sequence here. So he uses it like kind of like a metal detector. Goes up and down, Stephanie, beep, 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 beep. And it gets more loud and more frequent inside her mouth. So Jesse, or J Joey, is a genius truly. See, he was the best one. Like I said, he's just the best one to go. Joey says her courage is inside her mouth. Joey hands Stephanie a small mirror. This is so funny to look at her courage inside her mouth. And he's like, see that hang ball in the back of your throat? Well, that's your courage hangy ball. <laughs> oh, and she's even like, oh, I thought that was there for decoration. <laughs> oh, you gotta love her. You can't. You gotta love her. And so the dentist returns, and you know, Stephanie feels much more comfortable about getting her cavity filled. So, you know, Joey's spiel of courage and bravery enabled Stephanie to not be so afraid anymore, which, you know, honestly, it's like, why didn't Jesse go to Joey for this advice? He's just full of advice. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we have another quick scene change here where we see Jesse on the couch with Michelle and he's just bumming big time. And he's playing his guitar and Michelle is kind of sitting by him and they're both singing together the song, I Got You Babe. I got you babe. It's Bill Murray's favorite song, if you didn't know that. And that's sung by Sonny and Cher. Um, Nick and Irene come into the front door. Jesse apparently had asked his mom to bring his dad over there to finish their conversation. Now, this would be the heart talk of the episode. So um, Nick, of course, doesn't think he did anything wrong, um, but Irene cracks him a little bit by giving Michelle to him for a minute to calm him down, which works, you know, she's a genius too. But Jesse is seriously trying to talk to him and even says this is one of the hardest things that he's ever had to do. But Nick is still trying to make it about him and his dreams. And this conversation is supposed to be about Jesse and his dreams. And Jesse even says like, why can't you be proud of me? Like, Nick is proud of Jesse, probably to a degree, but not entirely. Nick says that he is proud of him pursuing his own dreams, and then he mentions Pam. And this bothered me, because I feel like it was like kind of a manipulation tactic to make Jesse feel guilty about wanting to follow his dreams and then stick to whatever his dad wanted him to do by bringing up his deceased daughter slash Jesse's deceased sister. And then he kind of turns it around a little and is like, oh, but I am proud of you for moving in here and helping Danny with the girls. Obviously, that's going to give Jesse um, a feeling of guilt. And yeah, that's great, you know, to be proud of to do. But Jesse, like the whole point and the whole conversation is nothing to do with Pam. And him moving in to help Danny with the girls has nothing to do with that. Jesse wants his dad in his corner to support him and his music, period. That's it. But they kind of talk it out. You can tell the tensions are low. 
you know, they're gone. So they hug each other very nicely. And then Stephanie and Joey return home from the dentist. And she starts to show all the stuff from her swag bag, which I never got a swag bag from a dentist. I've been there 1,000 times. I've never gotten a single swag bag ever. So I'm kind of jealous of her here. So anyway, let's see what, what Stephanie gets in her swag bag. She gets a toothbrush, dental floss, sugarless gum, cinnamon, and then she goes on to show the family what the dentist worked on in her mouth. Like she's like got her mouth open and she's like, duh, 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 duh. and it kind of fades out. And guys, that's it. That's the episode. We, um, oh my, that just was so, so good. And I just love this. I love this episode. A lot of new things, a lot of uh, a new face. So on that note, we're going to go through our guest stars and let's get into it. All right, now let's get into the guest star appearances for this episode. We have one, two, three, four guest stars today. So our first guest star, her name is Yvonne Wilder, also known as Irene Katsopoulos. So if you remember the character of Irene, she was portrayed back in season one, episode four, The Return of Grandma, but she was played by a different actress for that episode. But now Yvonne Wilder is playing Irene Katsopoulos and will continue to throughout the rest of the series. Can I get a witness? Yeah, she is really, really good. So she was born in 1937, and she actually recently passed away in 2021. Ugh, it's so sad. She's so good. She was best known for her role in 1961 film, West Side Story, as Consuelo. It was actually her first film role, and she went on to do many different things throughout her career. Also, in the 90s, she was an avid painter and sculptor. Her work was even shown at the Santa Monica Art Institute. So, good job, Yvonne. You're so good. Our next guest star today is John Apria as Nick Katsopoulos. So, he was born in 1941, and he is still alive. He was best known for his role in The Godfather Part Two as young Tissio in 1974 and was also in the cult classic Stepford Wives, along with 97 other TV shows and movies throughout his career. He even reprised his role of Nick Katsopoulos in Fuller House in 2017. So, John Apria is a very experienced actor, and he will also continue to play his character of Nick Katsopoulos throughout the rest of the series. So, that's exciting to... Uh, we're definitely going to see the both of them again. That's exciting. Oh, and of course, I can't believe she's even still a guest star with us. But Andrea Barber here, we, she comes back as our favorite pesky neighbor, Kimmy Gibbler. Love her back for this one so far. And she's been in two episodes this season. And we're just getting started. So, woo! Love her. Love Andrea. She's going to be... Oh, it's just going to keep getting better and better. Oh, yeah. And so our next guest star here is Mr. Peter Kwong. He played the role of the dentist. So even though this guy had a very minor character in this episode, I think he said maybe two words or so, he is no stranger to the screen. He has 87 
acting credits under his belt, and he is best known for his roles in Big Trouble in Little China in 1986 as the character Rain, and the golden child as Tommy Tong alongside Eddie Murphy. Just like a lot of our guest stars that we have talked about in the past, Peter has also been in one episode of many, many shows throughout the 80s and 90s. So we're going to do a little clap for Peter there. That's really nice. And I just want to go through a little bit of an end episode recap. And we're going to talk about a little bit about what we're going to be talking about next time here on the What's This Full House Edition podcast. So I just am so much like so much happened in this one. So Jesse finally breaks the barrier between his dad's dream and his dream, and now he can feel more comfortable going forward in his career. We have learned from Joey that uh, the next time you go to the dentist, just use that spit sucker to find your courage hangy ball, <laughs> and you'll be just fine. So one thing I do wish more out of this one is that I wish it was more Halloweeny. You know, in the in the uh, cold open sequence in the beginning, it was just a little tease. You know, with this Halloween decor and the uh, costumes, and I mean, like I talked about, DJ's costume was so elaborate. We saw it for fifteen seconds. Are you kidding me? I want to see that costume again for for longer. Also, like all the decorations were gone. Like there was no proof that Halloween even happened. So I didn't, I mean, I really wish I would have seen more of that. But um, let's get into what we're going to be talking about next time here. We're going to be going into episode number four of season two called DJ's Very First Horse. So Danny finds it easy to just say nay when DJ brings home a new pet horse. So this is going to involve a lot of really um, interesting topics, a little bit of a you know, father-daughter thing going on with DJ. So we want to keep the fact, too, that um, horses have a lot to do with some things that happened later in the series, but I'm not going to say anything about that. We'll talk about that maybe next time here. So if you have any cool fun facts, trivia, or even questions, I'll answer them here on the air, or you can show me, show me, you can e email me at fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com or you can follow me on Facebook at the What's This Full House Edition podcast and on Instagram. I post a photo every time I pu publish an episode and um, that handle for Instagram is What's This Full House. So you can follow me on all of those things or email me any kind of things you might have, things you think I might have missed, or fun facts, or anything of the sort. Okay, guys, well, thanks for tuning in today. As always, I am your host, Amy, and I will see you next time. The Full House Edition podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone, and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.